have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the steadfast <laughs> Glenn Stansberry. Like a rock. I was strong as I could be. You can't be moved, Glenn. <laughs> well, I don't know. There's some Disney movies that uh, they move me. I was thinking of, uh, I was trying to think of uh, somebody trying to bribe you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ten no, bucks. No. Takes at least 20. <laughs> I'll do anything for 20 bucks. Yeah. But well, who wouldn't, really? Right. Right, twenty dollars is a lot of money. Uh, I don't expect you to hand up or stand up to that kind of uh, yeah. uh, that kind of strong arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bribery no. tactics. Well, who could? Nope, nobody. Um, and speaking of bribery tactics, Glenn, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com will bribe your mind mm. with delicious nuggets of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Fun. It'll entice it with fun. They'll seduce it with uh, experiences mm-hmm. that will blow your mind, mm-hmm. gentlemen. <laughs> It'll activate all those pleasure centers in your brain. <laughs> what are they called? All those uh, uh, erogenous zones <laughs> in your mind. No, your, no, that's not what they are. Mental, mental erogenous, mental erogenous zones. zones. <laughs> well, I didn't take a shower. <clears throat> Ah, that's not that's not true. We wouldn't do something like that on a website, or would we? I don't know. It's never been done before. Well, I don't know. Actually. Maybe we'll save know. that for a uh, subset of gentleman.com. <laughs> this show got creepy <laughs> real quick. It's not creepy. It's not creepy. I, I, t- I took a turn for the worse there. I didn't intend to. You know what? The thing is, I'm trying to market gentleman.com. Right. You know. Yeah. And I'm trying to appeal to mm-hmm. uh, people's basic instincts. You and know, uh, that was just, you know, sometimes marketing goes awry. And I think this is a circumstance where that happened. You got to try new demographics, right? That's right. You got We're trying to reach a new population of, uh, of, of, uh, of potential members. Once we hit that niche, you know, whatever that niche is, we don't care. As long as it's a niche. I feel like you should have like a German accent or something. As long as it's a niche. <laughs> a perfect niche. Uh, that's not a German accent. That's an embarrassment to anyone that ever... <coughs> attempted a German accent. Uh, um, but anyway, Glenn, okay, let's move on because I'm just getting myself <laughs> deeper and deeper in trouble. Uh, we are co-founders of a site called gentleman.com. Yes. Uh, and uh, it is a great little site for you to go check out. It has lots of interesting facts, lots of interesting articles, things you can learn, things you can enjoy, uh, things you can laugh, things that'll make you cry, things that'll make you go, hmm, interesting. And uh, it's a great little site. You should spend some time there and click on some stuff and come visit us, gentleman.com. And uh, once you do that, you're probably going to head over to podcast.gentleman.com where you can listen to 141 previous episodes of the Gentleman, previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast. Uh, very similar to this one, except with different things in it. Yep. They're all that way, actually. Yeah. it's uh, If you like this episode... Mm-hmm. Uh, then good, because the episodes are like this. If you don't like this episode, 
the other episodes are completely different. Mm-hmm. We every episode's totally different, except they're all equally as bad in terms in good of ways. In good ways. In good ways. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. So visit uh, podcast. Gentleman. Now I'm just getting depressed. Now visit <laughs> podcast.gentleman.com. Uh, and once you listen to all the previous 141 episodes in succession, which we uh, implore you to do, and I'm sure you will because we asked you to, it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, once you do that, uh, you you um, you know you're probably going to want to get in touch with me and Glenn, and uh, you're going to want to reach out and touch us. And you can do that. Mm. Uh, you can do that mm. uh, in a physical sense via a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Uh, if you send a letter over there, we'll get it, we'll take it, we'll open it, we'll read it, we will consider it, we'll talk about it, we'll pace around the room uh, with much consternation, thinking through how we're going to respond to your letter, and then we'll talk about it on Gentleman Podcast, we'll put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame, and uh, we'll probably send you something back in return. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can't do that, if you can't send us a letter, that's fine. You can get in touch with us via social networks. You know all the ones. Honestly, you probably can't. Yeah, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> you probably shouldn't if you want to keep it private. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? If you want to keep yeah. it just between the three of us, you, me, and Glenn, mm-hmm. probably don't send it via social network. That's right. Uh, and the same could be said for email, you know? Uh, if you send us an email uh, inquiring uh, major internet companies are probably going to want to know about it mm-hmm. and they're probably going to hear about it uh, so if you want to keep the utmost security for this thing I, I have to say you're probably going to want to send it through the US Postal Service that's right unless somebody's steaming open our letters right you know right I feel like that's probably the most secure way to do now, this now if they only knew <clears throat> we do get a lot of Letters from our friend Michael Dell. That's right. Michael Dell is always he's always just know what's going on at Dell Computers. Mm-hmm. Michael Dell is has been keeping up with us, but yeah. So if those letter carriers only knew, I know. Yeah. Well, I, we, we we feel pretty good about it because I know Michael Dell stuff's been. I mean, there's some highly confidential stuff that's coming through there. Mm-hmm. All his newest computers. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the prices, yeah. pictures of them. Yeah, all that stuff. You know what I mean? We, I mean, who's to say we just don't pass it along to the competition? Right. You know? Well, we, we don't. Oh. Well, there you go. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, that was Alexa there. Um, so, anyway, the point is, Glenn, get in touch with us. Yes. By any means necessary. Right. Care what, uh, if you want to send us a carrier pigeon, yep. uh, my house, my windows are open all the time. I'm out on my deck quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so, I could probably get that. Yeah. So, anyway, point is, get in touch with us. Uh, moving on, Glenn. Uh, we should get into um, the. <laughs> so it seemed like I left something out. I don't know why. I just felt like I was like, yeah, if I left something <laughs> out, I didn't leave it. Okay, well, uh, that means we can get on to the media episode, which is the drink of the week this yes. week, Glenn. And uh, this week, uh, I went to the store and uh, I was starting to get. Um, oh, how, what's the word? I was starting to be beguiled. By Oktoberfest. Yep. Uh, I, I started to look around, and you know, every eighth beer was an Oktoberfest beer, and I was like, "Oh, maybe should I, I could maybe I could eat that, and then we could." I was like, you know, it's August. Yeah. I can't do that. I 
can't do that. You know, I can't do do that. Uh, too, too early. early. It's too early. Yeah, I've got to go at least one more podcast. Got to feel like I'm going to wait mm-hmm. for that. Uh, and so I did find this, which is... Uh, this is a beer I've had before. I think you've probably had this one before. Um, this is Left Hand Brewing Company's Nitro Milk Stout. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've had the... Ni- I don't know if I've had the Nitro Milk Stout in okay. a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's two. There's, they have a milk stout and they have a nitro milk stout. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't really know what the difference is. The nitro? Don't know. I guess that's got the, the nitro Tinier bubbles. Yeah. Or something. I don't it. know how that works. I don't know. We don't care, though. Because, right. it, I mean, it really just comes down to how it tastes. Mm-hmm. It's all, all that really matters. This fancy marketing mumbo jumbo doesn't yeah. have any effect on us. Um, but anyway, I saw this. It was on sale. Ooh. And I was like, well, <laughs> there's the one. Uh, a rose so, by any other name. Uh, you know. <laughs> hey. <laughs> gotta, sometimes you got to watch the old uh, pocketbook. That's right. And that's a major component into our mustache twist scale, Brian. Well, it is. And I was I, I looked for quite some time. Yeah. I always, you know, when I go to the store now, it's like 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm looking at all the beers. I'm starting to get worried that the liquor store employees are getting concerned with what I'm doing. I notice more and more they kind of walk around behind me yeah. when I'm there looking at stuff because it's a little suspicious. I mean, I'm right. like pacing back and forth along the beer aisle. Checking your phone. Yeah. See if you've reviewed, <laughs> see if you've reviewed my beer. phone. Yeah. Picking up beers, looking at them, putting them back. Yeah. You know, yeah. dropping beers on the ground, right. rolling them around. Sounds you know. right. Yep. Uh, anyway, Glenn. Uh, so I just I just grabbed this real quick and got yeah. the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, Glenn, this is the Milk Stout from uh, Left Hand Brewing Company. Nitro Milk Stout. Uh, I got a few facts about this one that I can run, run by you. Uh, the, the regular price is eleven ninety nine for six. Yeah, it was on sale for nine ninety nine. You know, I think I guess we should probably leave it at the eleven ninety nine uh, price because even though I got for it for sure. nine ninety nine, I mean that's not normal. That's not fair. Um, and uh, this is look. This company is very adamant about how good their stout is. They call it America's Stout. It's a good stout. The, the the milk stout that I've had is a good stout. It was one of my first, I don't know, crafty beers. I think stout um, crafty beers. Basically, they say a little bit of hops and then some, you know, roast milk chocolate. Mm. Uh, brown sugar, vanilla cream, Whoa. roasted coffee, wow, pillowy head. You know what I mean? Mm. So they're all over this thing. They're saying it's really great. Um, I don't know. We're gonna have to find out. Uh, basically, it's uh, nine. Well, it was nine ninety nine for me. Eleven ninety nine uh, mostly. <laughs> for, you, for you suckers, it's eleven. It's twelve. Yeah, bucks. It's, gonna be, it's gonna be twelve bucks if you're in the Midwest. And uh, alcohol by volume six percent, so relatively high, actually, surprisingly high. Uh, the IBUs are twenty five. The Play-Doh is fifteen point five uh, degrees, and um, you know. The malt is pale, two-row, crystal, Munich, roasted barley, flaked oats. Wow. Flaked barley mm. and chocolate. Oh, and chocolate. <laughs> Just thought we'd throw that in there. Ian. Might as well. <clears throat> well, Brian, I'm excited about this. Yeah, so we might as well uh, pop these open and uh, see what's what here. I have a, um, a request from one of my buddies. He, buddy Brian. Uh, I have another friend named Brian. Brian. This is going to be confusing. That's weird. That's... Brian's such a rare name. Yeah, yeah, That's I know. really weird. So he is convinced that drinking from a Sam Adams... What word is it called? 
it's a Sam Adams Boston Lager glass. It has been engineered by Mr. Sam Adams himself. Oh, really? Back in seven. No, uh, it's engineered by the guy who started the Sam Adams Brewery, but. It's kind of goofy in that it looks weird. It's really narrow at the base. It's like an hourglass, kind of like a yeah, a strange hourglass, right? Yeah. Uh, and, Psychedelic hourglass. And according to the box, that is to the shape helps collect aromas and and helps maintain proper beer temperature as well. So it doesn't get hot because you're grabbing the thinner part of the glass. Okay. So there's more beer that you're not grabbing. Okay. Uh, there's a narrow top which concentrates the aromas, and uh, there's laser etchings on the bottom of the glass to promote more bubbles. Now, I think that's kind of going to be lost a little bit on the nitro milk stout, which probably will have plenty of bubbles. But Brian, I'm excited about trying this new glass and putting it through the paces. By rights, I should be using a Boston Lager, but yeah, but we'll try, we'll try it out. We'll try it out. I was just uh, oh, I was just checking out the instructions on here, and the first instruction is pour hard. Oh, that may be a well. I may be cleaning hard on your carpet, pour, <laughs> couch. Pour hard, Glenn. <laughs> pour Walk hard. hard. All right. Well, I'm gonna see what I can do here. Oh, I'm gonna pour. <laughs> pour hard. <laughs> wow, you're really going for it. Got to follow the instructions. Oh, boy. You know, I actually... All right. All right. Yeah, that worked out well, all actually. Right. That worked out pretty good. That's pretty, pretty nice, actually. That was, yeah, that was actually a really good pour. All right. All right, so... Uh, cheers. cheers. Hold on, let me... Oh, we, we, we can't... Because we can't drink it yet. Oh, we can, right? Well, I mean, we got... What, okay. what does the instruction say on the glass? It says admire and enjoy. Huh. Step okay. two. So I don't know if that means... Is it too early to... Well, let me smell... Ooh, it does smell chocolatey. Mmm, and roasty. Ooh, Brian, uh, got a big whiff there. Yeah, it smells pretty good. Mmm, smells pretty good. Mmm. Well, cheers, cheers, buddy. I think we can drink this now. <laughs> oh, that's good. Mmm, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh yeah. Okay. pretty good so there's the laser etching mm. creating micro bubbles i don't know is that where the laser etching is i think so really i'm not, I'm not sure i will say i do like this glass because it's i feel like it's just a slightly easier to to hold i know that's yeah. like splitting hairs here it's hard, not hard to hold the glass but yeah. it is nice when it just kind of fits in your hand and then mm-hmm. you know the bulk of the beer is above it yeah Okay. Mm. Well, uh, Glenn, if you had to mm. ascribe mm. an ar- arbitrary rating to this particular beer that really doesn't make a hill of beans difference, because we have a proprietary machine learning, artificial intelligence, blockchain-based, Bitcoin-accepting right. uh, mustache twist scale computer that will actually determine what the rating for this beer is. But you and I like to have a little fun before we give it to the MPS right. computer. We just... And uh, give a little rating to it ourselves. Because, you know, we built the MTS computer, but uh, we still like to rate beers. There's got to be human components somewhere, That's right. right? All right. So, I really like this beer. I like it a lot. It's not my favorite stout, yeah. but it's a really good stout. What's your favorite stout? Uh, I think my favorite stout is always going to be the oatmeal stout from Free State. 
That's a good one. It's good. I also actually also like their strongman stout. Strongman strongarm. I can't remember what it's called. Iron. Well, anyway, it's a imperial stout. So that is Guinness a stout? It's not I don't really a stout. We've talked about this. It's actually they call it a stout, but it's actually an, an ale or yeah. a lager. If Guinness was a stout, I would say that would be my Guinness favorite. is fantastic. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. But okay, but the point is, okay, we're talking about this beer. Right, right, right. right. Uh, so what uh, what were you going to say on your Gosh. your rating here? Right, I, I got off the track there. Um, so I really like this. Uh, it's, it's very smooth. It's almost too smooth yeah. for a stout. Agreed. But that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. So um, I, now, here's the, here's the downside, Brian. $12 for a six. That's a lot. We reviewed... Yeah. No, I didn't, we, well... I don't know if we ever reviewed the, the Yingling, did we? No. Well, maybe we did. I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. But a few weeks back, I was in Ohio and had a six pack of Yingling for six fifty. And Yingling's a great beer. Yeah. Um, that's an exception to the rule. That's probably yeah. Uh, they're they're a little odd. Yeah. In that they're really good and really cheap. But mm-hmm. um, so twelve dollars for a six pack just kind of makes me. Uh, yeah, twice the price. Twice right. is this twice as good as the Yingling? I don't think so. No, is it twice as good as you know any other stout? No. So I would say I would love to give it a higher number, but I still think it's going to be right at an eight point I was going to go eight oh myself actually, really? yeah, because um, I would have gone a little higher, but the price twelve bucks is it's a deal breaker. I'm not going to go out like there's no way I would have bought this if it was more no. than ten bucks. And it's really popular. I it's basically at every liquor store. Um, they wouldn't be able to sell it for twelve bucks unless it, right. people were buying it, right? Flying off the yeah, shelves, exactly. Well, um, people go nuts over the nitro thing, which yeah. I, you know, it's fine, I guess. But I don't even understand what the nitro thing is. Is it just foamier? Okay. Uh, well, that's, smaller uh, bubbles, I think. <clears throat> okay. Well, um, all right, Glenn. Well, it doesn't matter what you and I think at right. all. Right. Doesn't matter one bit. The mustache twist scale is going to put Prevail. all this to bed. Yeah. Um, anyway, Glenn, the point is that uh, I'm going to type some facts in the MTS computer here, which we've created, designed, and built ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Mustache Twiskel computer will spit out a truthful, honest, impartial rating for this beer. I'm and looking I'm forward exci- to it. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about this. Okay, Glenn. So we said that the uh, price was $11.99. Uh, the alcohol by volume is six uh, percent. The IBUs twenty five. Plato uh, fifteen point five degrees. Uh, the color is black forty seven SRM. Uh, the malt is pale two row crystal Munich roasted barley flaked oats flaked barley and chocolate. Uh, the hops are Magnum and U.S. Goldings. You said it's an SR forty seven. It, it's it, it's actually an SR yes SRM forty seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Mm-hmm. A little different, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, everybody, yeah. you know, they're they're free to make their own decisions. Yeah. That's not what I would have gone with. Uh, yeah, I'm a red forty guy myself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, Glenn, Pixies, okay, sticks and whatnot. Point is, Glenn, I can hear that the MTS computer is finished. It's print off. Uh, it's ready to go. I'm gonna go pick this thing up, and then we're gonna find out exactly what the rating for this uh, left hand nitro milk stout actually is. One second, Brian. I may have to pick up a pair of these glasses. These are actually this is actually a lot of fun. I, I like it. I don't know. I don't know about. The, I'm I'm dubious at best of the uh, the glass. Situation. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about the the bubbles, the etching, and the bubbles and everything <laughs> like that. But I do. I just kind of like how yeah, it some fits. Of it, some of it doesn't add up to me. I don't know. Some of it doesn't add up. Hmm. It's hard for me to. 
It, it's like holding the baton of something. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, Lynn. Well, uh, let me just flip through this uh, rating report from the MTS computer. You know, these things get bigger every time. Yeah. Thankfully, it's bound. Yeah. And it's got a nice cover on it. Man, it's amazing like, what the MTS computer can do. When it was just loose leaf, it was it was a problem. I was throwing pages left and right. Yeah. It's terrible. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I think I found. Okay, I found the. Uh, the uh, official word from the MTS computer I got to the rating page. I skipped through all the fluff. Yeah. Uh, if you want more information about this beer, I'll probably post the exhaustive notes. Right. At some point. It, uh, it's difficult with the bandwidth and all right. that stuff. It's like a 300-page PDF. Yeah, it's tough to get it. But, but we'll, we'll try to track that down. But the point is, what you want to know is the fact that this MTS computer has said that the left-hand milk stout nitro is an 8.0. On the MTS scale. On the nose? A rare hat trick. Wow. Between the, the three of us. So it's an amazing... Uh, <laughs> you know, this rarely happens. It's, it, it's beautiful, really. It's, yeah, you know, you feel good about it. You feel better as a person right. when you're matching up with the scientific yeah. uh, rating you like know, that. You feel like you're getting better as a sommelier, you know? Yeah, yeah. When, when beer and <clears throat> science yep. and, you know... Good people Human come together. Yeah, it's yeah. it just, it just a beautiful, beautiful thing. It is. It's true. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you know what's not beautiful, Brian, is the people at beersnob.com. Oh, right. Our friends over at beersnob.com that yeah. we have to check into from time to time. And as the name might imply, they are a little snobby. They typically, you know, only want to have IPAs. Right. And yep. they, yeah. The more know, expensive, the better. Right. Yeah. And they have like crystal drinking glasses. And, right. Monocles. Yeah. yeah, they wear monocles. And anyway. Drink with a pinky out. Right. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then they drop their glasses. Yes. Anyway. I went and did some recon mm. after we rated our beer, and it turns out that they rated the uh, Milk Stout Nitro at an 8.28. Wow. So okay. kind of close to where we are. Yeah. But I don't think they're factoring in the price, which we do. That's true. So, yeah. Well, also, we're not snobs. Right. So if you want a little perspective, a little beer perspective, right? there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Hey, we don't, we don't have a problem... Checking out their scores. That's right. We have no egos here. As long as they're not, you know, stealing our scores, which, uh, you know... Happens from time to time. I don't want to point any fingers. <clears throat> we'll let the lawyers handle that. Yeah, they're still handling that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Okay, Glenn, well, let's uh, move on before we get ourselves into a uh, legal quagmire. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let's get into some interesting posts from Gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. <laughs> Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, batting leadoff, uh, I just stepped out of the batter's cage, and I'm going to knock one out of the park here. Okay. Uh, I posted this to gentleman.com, and this is an article called, Do You Really Need to Watch Fruit Before You Eat It? And I have to say, Glenn, I have spent many a minute in front of the sink while I'm washing vegetables or washing fruit. And I think the first thought I think to myself every time I'm standing in front of the sink is, do I, am I really doing any good with this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is this doing anything? Right. I'm washing cold water over these things. Right. Is it doing anything? Right. And uh, thankfully, uh, this question occurred to a, uh, a writer over at our good friends at uh, Popular Mechanics. Mm-hmm. And uh, she decided to uh, check into this, find out once and for all. Uh, is running fruit and vegetables under tap water doing anything? Right. And the uh, surprising answer is actually yes, it does. 
which kind of surprises me. I thought it was just like a uh, something that people do because one of those history things, like you know, old wife's mom tale. always did yeah, it, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you do it too. Don't swim f- and, until forty five minutes after. Uh, yeah, and- you know, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so I, I the point is. The CDC, mm-hmm. which is, as we know, the Centers for Disease Control, mm-hmm. uh, they recommend you wash your produce because it helps avoid foodborne illnesses like norovirus, which is the country's leading cause of disease outbreaks from contaminated food. Apparently, rinsing your food off, uh, it, it does things like gets rid of dirt and stuff yeah. that, you know, th- there could be microbes in the soil. Imagine a celery stalk. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh a lot of times I'll pull one of those off. There's some dirt on there. Yeah. And uh, they say that getting that loose stuff off, it might have microbes in it, bad stuff in it. Also, you know, people have handled this stuff before. So Mm -hmm. just rinsing it off gets gets some of the contaminants off of that. It's not going to prevent everything, but it actually does a reasonably good job of of helping you uh, avoid some, you know, basic foodborne illnesses that could come up. So it actually does help. So that's good. I'm, I'm thankful for the good people at the CDC. Yeah. You know, setting the record straight. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, let me ask you, do you regularly wash your vegetables and fruit? Yes, I do. Okay. Unless the bag says, you know, Don't it's wash. been washed three times. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm like, ah, eh, probably yeah, okay. Probably a fourth, not really necessary. Right. But you're, I mean, yeah, I just wash it because of the, well, like vegetables and stuff, there's dirt. There's You can actually see dirt coming off and sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. depending on if it's like a, you know, depending on how well it's been washed. But uh, one thing we've actually been recently doing is, um, uh, and I who knows if this does any good or not, but it seems to make sense. But we we've been soaking um, our fruits like like strawberries and blueberries in a, in vinegar and water. Hmm. It sounds really weird, hmm. but you soak them in there for like twenty minutes. So it's like a one to th- like one to four, I think, is the the ratio. Anyway, vinegar and water, and it's supposed to kind of like really get stuff off of it but you know it's still edible it's like an edible cleaner basically people use vinegar for everything it sounds ridiculous wow but but i will say this so strawberries mm. taste better after the it sounds ridiculous i'm uh you just have to try it <clears throat> i don't think you will I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say that right now i would try i would try it i would try it. it's it's weird so it doesn't taste vinegary they're just something they just take taste fresher or something. Yeah, they just, and it could just be a mental thing too, mm. which is very well could be the case. But strawberries are a little weird, you know. Sometimes when yeah. you get strawberries, it just seems like they're kind of I don't know they're hit and miss. This yeah. seems to kind of like make them more mm. juicy. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Could just be because they're well, you're soaking fluid. them in water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. See okay, well there you go. Not only did you learn. Uh, off his podcast to make sure that you wash your vegetables. That's right. You also learned to make your strawberries taste more delicious. Mm-hmm. Throw some vinegar, some water. Right. Dump a bunch of strawberries in there. Strawberries. And then uh, go go crazy. Yeah, there's a, a thing about how like there's a, a most wanted list, I think, or something, whatever they called it, a while back, about um, fruits and vegetables that you should... Mm. Try to buy organic or whatever. It's like mm. the top ten list. Yeah. Well, the, the issue is that they're the most likely to have pesticides on yeah. them. Yeah. And so it's the ones that have so strawberries or mm. you know they're not protected by skin. And yeah. so the idea is that this may or may not help take some of the pesticides off. 
I don't know. Hmm. I, it makes me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm I'm doing something here. That's like ninety uh, percent of what people do in life. Right. It makes them feel better. So why not? And uh, speaking of which, Glenn, uh, you've got a little article here about the some art. Yeah, Brian. Uh, Absolute art. Speaking of making me feel better, uh, our good buddy Zamoose posted a doozy of an article from the Washington Post, mm. and. <clears throat> It's titled, A Small Town Couple Left Behind a Stolen Painting Worth Over $100 Million and a Big Mystery. Ooh. So, let's just, let's, just, uh, let's just start at the beginning. Jerry and Rita Alter kept to themselves. <laughs> they uh, were a lovely couple from the, Mexican, uh, no, from the New Mexico town of Cliff, small town. Okay. And uh, they were teachers, I believe. One was, one was a, a teacher, one was a... I don't know. Shoot. They both had very normal lives. No, normal jobs. Normal jobs. Normal middle class jobs. They were a lovely couple, kept mm-hmm. to themselves. Well, when they died, um, the family was doing an auction uh, with with stuff in their house. And they sold most of the stuff, and they had a... And the last, you know... Then it got down to like, well, there's a bunch of stuff here. We're going to package it all up for, you know, a few couple thousand bucks. And, Sell it all. Right. One and th- so they had some art. I, I think it was a, a, an antique collector came through and was like, hey, this painting on the wall, that um, that looks like a, an actual like painting. And it was a William Willem de Kooning painting. Mm. And I'm not a big de Kooning fan. Uh, I don't know I'd much never about him. him. Yeah. But apparently the painting on the wall was worth an estimated $160 million. Now, what's interesting is that the painting was stolen the University of Arizona in Arizona Museum. It was an Arizona Museum in Tucson. Yes, in Tucson. There you go. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Hmm. Uh, so, Brian, you and I sometimes have the day after Thanksgiving, a, ha- a hack day. We call That's it ha- true. Hack Friday. Yeah. They, it l- sounds <laughs> like this couple also had a Hack Friday. Right. <laughs> yes. So, of a different kind. Uh, they have uh, photographic evidence of the couple enjoying a Thanksgiving Day meal. In Tucson. Oh, boy. And then the next day, a couple shows up that kind of matched their description to a, a museum that's just opening. The guard who just unlocked the door. And the couple, you know, goes inside and the woman strikes up a conversation with the, the guard who knows what they talk about but keeps his attention for a while. Mm-hmm. And then the man goes inside and looks around and then comes back downstairs and they hurriedly, you know, like, oh, okay, that's fun. Bye. See ya. Yeah. And get in the car and drive away. Well, the guard was like, that was really weird. I'm just going to... That was really weird. Let me just go look around a little bit. And he goes into the room where the de Kooning painting is, and there's an empty frame. Oh. So, they could. They never found the thieves. Right. They never found... You know, it was 85. There wasn't any surveillance cameras or anything like that. 1985, yes. Um, so, it had remained a mystery mm. until now. Mm. And so, even though <laughs> all signs... Every single one of them point to them stealing the painting. The FBI still won't say they stole it. <laughs> I love the fact... That's what I love about this article is that they're like... They were in Tucson on the day it was stolen. It was a man and a woman that stole the thing. It was in their bedroom when they were... You when know, they died, yeah. When they died, you know? It was hanging up on the wall. No one knows how it got there. Right. By the way, you could only see the painting if you had the... You were in the room and the door was closed in their bedroom. Right. Yeah. So... One more twist to this already weird tale. Mm. Uh, 
the husband, whose name, uh, Walter? Jerry. Jerry wrote a collection of short stories. Short stories. Short stories. (laughs) And the writer of the article says they're not, you know, spellbinding material, but there is one unique story about a, um, a, a, a fictional story about a couple... About a, a, a mom and a daughter who basically reenact this exact heist that they pulled. Yeah. W- except it was an emerald instead of a painting. <laughs> an emerald. So, of course it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I would love to steal an emerald. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Very interesting, mm. stranger than fiction kind of uh, yeah. ordeal here we're, we're dealing with, Brian. Well, I guess that the, at some point in the article, they're saying that they're. They're always traveling, and they're all about doing like adventure travel, doing crazy stuff, you know. Like, Thelma and Louise kind of, yeah, <laughs> just you know, going crazy and all that stuff, and kind of makes sense. That's you know? Jerry and Rita, dude. I that I I would never. That's I mean, the whole thing is just it seems crazy to me because if I went and did something like that, like first of all, I would never do anything like that. I, I you heard it here. I'm too honest. I couldn't do. I couldn't go steal something like that, you know, For, because. And you do that, you're taking that away from all the people that are going to be able right. to see that painting for the rest of their lives. Right. Kind of uncool. But um, also the fact that if I had that sitting in my bedroom, every time I walked in there, I'd be like, are the police going to come today? Yeah. You know what I mean? Every siren you hear. Yeah. Every time I'd be like, I'm busted. I'm, I'm screwed. I'm going to jail for 100 years. Um, so anyway, I, I, don't, I don't think I could pull that off. Yeah. And... and- to further your point about you know you're taking away from the public, he cut it out of the he cut the picture away from the frame, just like f- took some Fiskers and went to town on the thing, yeah. and then r- wrinkled it up. And so when they found the painting, they said it had been cracked because it had been rolled, and he somehow I don't know if he wore it like under his shirt or something, maybe Jeez. down his trousers. I don't know how this guy did it, but <laughs> it was a hopefully they put some water and vinegar <laughs> and dipped that in there. <laughs> Does this painting always smell this way? <laughs> uh, well, anyway. I think there's some mold in the... That's pretty interesting. They seem like a mild-mannered couple that uh, just pulled off the heist of a century. Yeah. It's kind of like the Thomas Crown affair, except if you were a nerdy yeah. high school teacher. Right. They're they're both... And, and, and that's the other... They're like meticulous about everything. They kept this notebook, uh, a, a journal of every single day of their lives, what they ate, the medications they took. And on the day, on the Thanksgiving day before, it was blank. Like they didn't put anything. So I mean, it's just it's just the weirdest like <laughs> it's it's totally made for TV, yeah, or made for a movie. That's awesome. We should write a script about it. That's right. Um, and me and you can star as uh, Jerry and Rita. <laughs> I'll be Rita. Um, you do look like Rita Hayworth. <laughs> All right, Brian. Anyway, Glenn. Okay, well, uh, that's it. Yeah, that's an interesting post. Uh, I will link this up on the <clears throat> podcast.gentleman.com website. So if you are interested in this story, it's a long read, but kind of cool, interesting. Um, Lots of lots of layers to this onion. Yeah, and and thank you, Zamoose, for posting that. Yep. He posted some incredible other uh, uh, attacks throughout the the week weeks. I guess it's mm. been two weeks. Yeah, um, that were also very noteworthy and a lot of fun. So thank you, Zamoose. All right, Brian. I want there's something you got to know about me. Okay. Um, when I go, so we we're both Kansans. Yes. When I go. To find hard-hitting journalism about Kansas. Yes. I go one place and one place only. The LA Times. Right. Which is where I found this article about uh, a rural town in Kansas that archaeologists are flocking to right now. Because 
they discovered a lost city mm. in our beloved state, in the southern right. mo- in the southern part of our beloved state, in Arkansas City. Ark City. Ark City. Ark City. That's how we know it. <laughs> About in L.A., they say Arkansas City. Right. It's Ark City. It's right? Ark City. Yep. And um, archaeologists are flocking because in the last couple of years, they have um, discovered a, a site that they believe is the second largest settlement in the country. There's an Illinois settlement of, of ancient, uh, I shouldn't say ancient, from um, Native Americans from um, living between 1450 and 1700. So right. a band of Native Americans. Um, and what's interesting is, in that time period, scholars believe that they're pretty nomadic following herds and things like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't really settle down, settle down and have dense populations. Well, right. This settlement that they believe to be the lost city of Ed Zanoa mm. is, excuse me, had around 20,000 people. Right. Which is pretty big. Yeah, it is. By yeah. today's standards. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, it's just really interesting. They've, they've uh, uncovered lots of things, tons of artifacts um, in, our, in our beloved state, Brian. Yeah. So this was, this was yeah, it's an interesting uh, article. The... It was a it was a professor at Wichita State University that pieced this together based on facts. It's amazing how this thing all worked out. It's basically like facts from uh, Spaniard conquistadors yes. and their notes about where things were yeah. and all that stuff. And somehow he took all that information, pieced it all together, and was like, "Oh yeah, that's probably over in Ark City." This sounds like Ark City. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then he went over there, and started digging around. He's like, "Yep, here it is." Yeah. And, well, he's still they're still trying to prove that this is actually that particular city. Right. Um, he feels pretty strongly about it. Other archaeologists are kind of like, "Well, we need to see more facts about it before we can say that this for sure is this city." But apparently, it was this legendary city where conquistadors showed up mm-hmm. looking for gold, mm-hmm. as they were known to do. Yep. And uh, they scared off a good chunk of these 20,000 people because yeah. they were starting to ask some questions about, you know, where some gold was. And they took a couple hosties. Took some hosties. <laughs> and then uh, 1,500 of these guys showed up and they're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> we're coming after you. They brought the boom boom sticks. Yeah. And uh, even though the uh, conquistadors had uh, guns and cannons, right. they still were overwhelmed and uh, left and never came back. Turned them back to Louisiana, I believe. Quite the, quite the running away. Hey, <laughs> I. It sounds like you know, fifteen hundred, you know, hardcore uh, Native American warriors coming after right. you. It's that's nothing to sneeze at. No. And uh, so anyway, uh, but yeah, they're still trying to prove that this is actually that lost city. But all signs are pointing to yes. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. No. Based on what they're saying, the the, the area is and all that stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, that they're looking for, they basically said, you know, that there's so many artifacts in this right. area. It had to have been a large population of people that lived there. So Yeah, it's kind of hairy because it's on a lot of private land. So they're going to mm-hmm. have to figure out how to buy that or allow people on the yep. land. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, it's really interesting that, that that account that they got. So you were saying the Wichita State professor. Mm-hmm. It was because they, I think they had been retranslated. Right. Recently, and when they retranslated, they were like, "Man, this is really vivid and descriptive." Uh, you know, account like they like you know you're actually there, you're reading it, you're actually there. Right. So <clears throat> that helped him piece everything together, or yeah. him and his his team of scholars. So well, so anyway, in the near future, we should know 
where right. this, uh, whether or not this Lost City actually is in Ark City. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so that's, uh, so that's good. So growing up, I grew up, when I, was, when I was born until I was like the age of five, I lived in a really tiny town west of here called Centropolis. Mm-hmm. And right near... Sounds looked, like a superhero town. Yeah. <laughs> Centropolis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. And it's weird. Like, I don't remember being born, but I, I remember like kind of crash landing in a field. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just weird. Something green. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, uh, so the land next to the farmhouse that I grew up in actually was excavated as well for mm. a bunch of fossils and things. So mm. a lot of weird things going on in our state, Brian. That's true. Yeah. A lot of crazy history. Yeah. It's because of the meteor showers, I believe. Yeah. Anyway. And the aliens. And the... <laughs> And the aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, I can't get into that on this podcast because... Uh, right. We've already done Area 51. We've already talked about Independence Day. Yeah, we can't talk too much about it. Oh, oh, and that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Anyway, Glenn. Let's move on. <laughs> and uh, we're going to move on to a toast this week. And uh, Glenn, this, this toast this week... Was not easy to come by. No, it was not easy to come by. Uh, there were there were a lot of different people we could have toasted, a lot of different situations. Yes, and uh, we found that this was the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll see. And you, I think you'll expect, or I think you'll understand once we once we get into this. But uh, John Stewart mm-hmm. is who we're going to toast this week. Mr. John Stewart, formerly of uh, Comedy Central, John Stewart Show. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who this guy is. Um, hilarious comedian, loves work, does good stuff, but does better stuff. <laughs> he's retired, you know. He's living uh, life, you know. Whatever. Well, he's on the end train over by Brooklyn. Yep. And all of a sudden, there's a disturbance on the train. Okay. And it, uh, you know, when you're when your train gets delayed in New York, you're stuck on the tracks. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. It's a problem, right? For not only you, but for hundreds and hundreds of other people, because it disrupts all the traffic. Well, it turns out there was a pair of greedy herbivores <laughs> on the tracks. Okay, a couple of goats had infiltrated the inline tracks, and they were trying to eat some food around those tracks. So, were these pets? I don't know where they came from i don't think anybody knows okay uh but the point is mm-hmm. fortunately john stewart happened to be there right right and uh john stewart stepped in and assisted with getting the goats off the track so restoring the service of mm. the uh subway and then he got them moved over to a farm sanctuary sh- shelter in upstate new york where he's actually uh he's actually works with he's a he he Part of the his uh, he he donates some of his time to this shelter with him and his wife um, to uh, this farm sanctuary. I guess it's a, you know it's farm farm animals and and you know rogue farm animals like these mm. goats. They need some place to go. Farmer table. That's right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, no, but it, 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 he said he previously uh, adopted an abused horse and a bull that escaped from a slaughterhouse. Wow. Uh, so anyway, John Stewart saved these goats, and he even helped get them into the car to get them to go and everything yeah. like that. There's video on the internet of him with a little 
plastic like you know thing pushing them along goat and get them to get in there. <laughs> so he really stepped up. Wow! To uh, get those goats over out of the way, off the tracks, and onto safety. Man, well, that, that is a true gentleman. Yeah. You know the thing about this that's crazy, and mm. I, I don't know. You know, we're probably going to see more and more of this stuff. The more mm. I think about, uh, I think about this all the time. Everybody's got a video camera now in their pocket. So we just we see stuff now that we would not have seen six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. Right. And uh, this is one of those deals where somebody actually has video of him assisting with hurting the goats and getting them off the tracks. So anyway, uh, a toast to Mr. John Stewart. Uh, well done, sir. Well done, Restoring uh, the subway service in New York. And my faith in humanity. And saving a couple of goats in the process. Well, there you, there you well go. Well done. Mm. Yeah, that's uh that is not your normal Tuesday. No, it isn't. Uh, but you know, John Stewart's not doing anything these days. He's got no television show. He's just hanging out, taking yeah. the subway. You know, helping helping goats. Helping goats and Why other not? farm animals. Why not? Hey. Well, anyway. We're proud to you, my friend. That's right. Uh, and that's why you get a gentleman toast this week. That's Congratulations. Right. Yep. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the... Um, Hot and Topic. And this week, Glenn, um, I came across this article, and uh, it really spoke to me. It really meant mm. something to me. Mm-hmm. Deep down inside. And this is called uh, How Millennials Killed mayonnaise and mm. this is a article on phillymag.com which we've talked about before mm-hmm. it's an extremely reputable news source yeah, 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 yeah and uh this writer talks about how he's a lover of mayonnaise oh. and he's noticed something she oh she oh i'm sorry yes okay this writer talks about how she is a lover of mayonnaise yes how it started with her mom's recipes mm-hmm. potato salad oh Macaroni salad. Oh, yeah. Chicken salad. Deviled eggs. um, Chicken salad. Oh, yeah. And so she's been bringing these dishes to uh, family events, and she notices that they're slowly and slowly not being taken part of, and that her uh, her, um, reasoning that she thinks this is happening is because older people are dying off, Mm -hmm. and the younger generation has taken over, and the younger generation is not cool with mayonnaise. Yeah, she she talked about she made mention of the fact that the younger generation, you know, normal condiments at these uh, events seem to be replaced with like, you know, fancy schmancy. Yep. Uh, banana ketchup. Banana ketchup. Literally banana ketchup. Yeah. Things like that. You know, uh, locally sourced. You know, grape jelly. I don't know. I'm yeah. Just spitballing here, but mm-hmm. no mayonnaise. It's though. a problem. It's yeah. a problem, Ryan. Uh, well, yeah. anyway, so. So, what is our hot button topic today? Are, are are you are you saying that this is a good thing? This is absolutely a good thing. That that mayonnaise is dying off. I have long held the belief that mayonnaise is a scourge upon society. In fact, I believe in this article, someone says uh, references it as the devil's condiment, Please. which I would agree with. There's no redeeming qualities to mayonnaise. It doesn't taste good. Whoa. It's bad for you. Whoa. It uh, Whoa. 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 ruins all Fake kinds news. of foods. There's, there's, it's terrible. It's terrible. There's there's absolutely no justification for having it anymore. This is this is a condiment that should have gone away in the 50s. This is like uh, smoking 
two packs of cigarettes a day. This should not happen anymore. There shouldn't be mayonnaise. You're saying there should be a Surgeon General's warning. I'm saying that they should outlaw all mayonnaise. <laughs> okay. Where do I begin? Mayonnaise is America. It's mom and apple pie. It's, it's, uh, it's, I don't know. Name me something more American. Football on Thanksgiving. I don't know. Brian, you can't, you just can't take away mayonnaise. And let me tell you why. There are too many things. Did you know that you can make a chocolate cake with mayonnaise? Oh, yeah. In the microwave, Brian. It is, <laughs> you just can't do that with normal condiments. <laughs> You're being a chocolate. Wait, I'm trying to. Sorry, let me think about that. Chocolate cake in the microwave with mayonnaise. Maybe it was sour cream. No, I think it was mayonnaise. Um, yeah, the mayonnaise cake. So, Brian, you're telling me you don't like deviled eggs? No. Seriously? No, I can't. I can't do that. I don't know what to tell you. It's really simple stuff. Like I feel like, you know, society is all about these, you know, chemically engineered, weird condiments. Like, let me tell you what. The condiments that I enjoy. Number okay. one, okay. yellow mustard. Okay. Not Grey Poupon. Right. Not gritty. Oh, the brown. gritty. Yeah. You don't like brown mustard? What about what about spicy mustard? Spicy. None of that stuff. Yellow. Okay. I mean, you could make a painting with it, yellow. That seems... French's yeah, yeah, mustard. Yeah. Seems pretty American. Right, right there. Yeah. Uh, ketchup. Okay. Ketchup's fine. Okay. I, I eat ketchup on fries. Uh, and that's it. Okay. Pick a relish. No. Maybe. Maybe pick a relish. Maybe. In some certain situations. Like on a hot dog. A hot dog, yes. I can see that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but mayonnaise is, is a no-go. Ranch. Sometimes. Sometimes. So you're telling me ranch stays and mayonnaise doesn't. That's right. <clears throat> I think... I think let me tell you something. I think that if you, mm. let's say, let's say we just had a random person in here, random American, okay, all American, okay, all American, okay, and we said, look, you got to choose, it's mayonnaise or ranch. What are you gonna do? Ranch is more versatile. Ranch is, uh, what do you, uh, what are you gonna pick? You know, I mean, you gotta. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I could see that. Right. People have to eat wings, but yes, I know, and and yeah. Yeah, that'd be it'd be hard to eat wings without ranch or blue cheese. Yeah. But I wonder if you could eat wings with mayonnaise. Oh, actually, doesn't ranch dressing have mayonnaise in it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm just picturing it is the base. Wings. No, it's the base of everything that is good and holy. No, it's in not. this in this no foodie society. I have I have a hard time with ranch sometimes because of yeah. its, its creaminess and yeah. its. Similarity to mayonnaise. You don't spread it with a knife, though. No, you don't. Oh man, mayonnaise is so good. I can't. Do you eat mayonnaise on your burgers? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. If it's, I mean, I don't have to, but I, if it's on it, I like it. Sandwiches, burgers. Problem with mayonnaise on burgers is that man, like burgers are greasy. Yeah. And then you gets all wrapped up in the mayonnaise and well, it's all slimy and you gotta put you gotta it's a buffer between the lettuce and the bun okay kind of sticks it together okay okay i can see that maybe all right all right all right cream cheese mayonnaise <sighs> cream cheese fine would you yeah. put cream cheese on a sandwich yes oh yeah okay yeah we can agree on this all right uh-huh. we can inch a little bit closer to some sort of resolution here 
Cream cheese is fine. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with this. There's some food that you love that has mayonnaise in it. I know there is. No. Yep. No. There has to be. No. It is what? At the core what of what culinary. Could po- <laughs> what could it possibly be? What could, I mean, I'm ranch, gonna, is, I'm gonna, ranch I'm gonna, is the closest thing I could think of that is like that. And that's yeah. very hypocritical right there. That I'm, that I'm okay with ranch, but not mayonnaise. But there's something there's something different there. Well, because ranch is kind of bitter. It's kind of like salty or something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Mayonnaise is like sweet. It's like it's got a like weird sweet. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. It's all. I don't know. I don't so know. when I was a kid, I didn't really like mayonnaise for some, whatever reason. I got older. Oh man. Oh. It just makes my stomach turn thinking about it. Well, I mean, so, you know, you think about, well, maybe you're thinking of like Big Macs where they have like a Thousand Island oh, dressing. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. Oh, there always, you go. Which I always get the Big Mac without the dressing. What? No you're special just, sauce. No, you. I never get the special sauce because it's too, it's too mayonnaise like. Yeah. There's no, there's no reasoning with you. Well, I, I, I can't. Big Macs without the dressing is actually a, a delicious burger. Yeah. I mean, it's a. Yeah, but the dressing is what makes it ties it all together. I I just can't get over you don't like deviled eggs. Oh, nah, can't do it. I could eat a, a lot of people. Of them. A, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people don't understand that about me. I get, I get, you know, <laughs> I don't have it easy because you know you go to a gathering and somebody's like, "Hey, have a deviled egg." Yeah, and I, I'm like, I can't. I'm sorry, I, I can't do that. Like, what do you mean? You can't. What do you mean? I, I spent all night making these. But deviled my eggs. wife yeah. made these deviled yeah. eggs. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't do that. You know, I can't. No can do. Yeah. And uh, so I, it's a, it's a very difficult thing for me to overcome. Really, I don't, people, I don't envy you. I don't. Envy people don't you, understand a lot of times that I can't handle it. Well, it's a so. cold, dark world when there's no mayonnaise binding every you know potluck dish together. Uh, this makes this gives me hope. This gives me hope. That someday we can live in a society that Mm-mm. is free of the constraints of mayonnaise and all the terrible things it brings with it. Gosh. I hope that I can go to a store sometime and not have to see Homans. <laughs> go down the aisle and see nothing but French's mustard. Banana ketchup. Banana whatever, ketchup. Whatever it takes... Whatever it takes. Maybe someday. That's my dream. This this is why we have a two-party system. (laughs) It's based on, like, mayonnaise preference. Multiple (laughs) multiple condiment uh, system. Multiple condiment. The the green relish party? Yeah. Uh, Okay. I'm I'm definitely mustard party. Yeah, you would be mustard party. If I had to pick one, if I had to pick one condiment, it would be mustard. Mustard's great. I would take it on my burger. I would take it on my fries. Bratwurst. Bratwurst. Yes. Yeah. Well, wait, wait. It makes a mustard lot of sense. on the fries? I've done it. It's good. I like. Uh, I, I'm a big mustard fan. Huge man. mustard fan. Huge. Can't go that far. Huge I, I, mustard I, I, fan. I would rather do mayonnaise on the fries. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey hey, mustard and mayonnaise. Oh. Come on now. No. Bring it home. Man. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mustard anis? No. Sir, sriracha mayo is pretty good. If you, well, if you don't, <laughs> if there's, if we go to, a, if we go to a restaurant, I feel so bad for Laura. 
Because if we go to a restaurant and there's any kind of... Like you're looking through the menu, right? You're looking through the menu and it's like steak with blah, 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 sauce. Yeah. You know? I'm like, oh, is that a mayonnaise sauce? Because I can't... You know, I can't... If that, that, that That's a mayonnaise kind of thing. I don't know. You it's know? creamy. There's like... <laughs> Rom- R- Remulade sauce yeah, or something Remulade, yeah. very mayonnaise-y Ooh, good I, can't, to know. I can't do good that good to know cannot do that there's a uh, uh, oh uh, what is it uh, gosh uh, tacos have this a lot um, oh yeah yeah um, it's like a it's almost like a ranch it's a it's a mayonnaise cream sauce that With they put on it over the top of it's, it. it and it sounds it's like I can't remember. Dijonese or something like that. Or Weird. The, some, some, I don't know. It's, anyway, I'll be combing through a menu and all I'll see is like <laughs> mayonnaise sauces. And I'm like, oh, there's got to be something on this menu that doesn't have the mayonnaise sauce on it. So I'll end up eating like, you know, steak tartare with, because it has no mayonnaise sauce on it. Uh, so anyway, it's not easy. It's not easy being green. Well, Brian, you know, the good thing is that in the, the day, we can have these harsh disagreements and still be friends. I don't know if I can be friends with you after this. I don't know. Well, we'll just have to tune in next time. Yeah, if, maybe, if, maybe it'll just be the Brian McKinney podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the... The Gentleman Brian Podcast with Brian McKinney. <laughs> Sitting to my... Lo- uh, today's part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anyway, Glenn. Okay. Well, I guess we'll have to d- agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those who like mustard should stay on my side. I'm going to find something that you like that has mayonnaise in it. Good luck with that. I'm going to do it. If you do, then I will immediately stop eating it. <laughs> I, 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 I. There has to be. I can't imagine. Mayonnaise is in so much stuff. So you don't like any of those salads. Like. Macaroni salad, no, potato salad. I can't. You no. don't like potato salad? No. Can't do it. Coleslaw? Nope. No you way. don't like coleslaw? No. Oh! No. I cannot do that. No way. Too creamy. Well, they do make a coleslaw yeah. that's like vinegar yeah. based, and yeah. I'm okay with that. Yep. But not the creamy one. Can't do creamy slaw? No. Okay. Okay. Don't do the, the, the sauce on a Big Mac. That says it all right there. You know, can't do it. Uh, I, I, I used to get uh, chicken sandwiches that had uh, uh, honey mustard on them. Instead of the tartar sauce? But I found out that sometimes honey mustard is mustard and honey. And sometimes it's mayonnaise Ooh. and mustard. <laughs> and that was like one of the worst days of my life. <laughs> you just don't like it on principle. No, I, I just can't stand the taste of it. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, Glenn. Okay, now we got that settled. Okay. You it are for of. the terrible thing, and I'm against it. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that leaves us one more segment of the Gentleman Podcast, the uh, questions from the Gentleman Mailbag, mm. or, as we like to call it, QFTGMMB. Right. And uh, this week, Glenn, we were talking about the <laughs> husband and wife. That got a little handsy with a uh, work of art. <laughs> Jerry and Rita. In yeah. the Tucson Museum of Art. Right. Uh, so the question is, what uh, if you could, if there was like one priceless artifact, it doesn't have to be in a museum, it would just be a piece of art, artwork, uh, classic something, something that's worth a lot of money, collectible, 
you know, could be a piece of art, could mm-hmm. be something else mm-hmm. that you could just take, mm-hmm. walk out the door, and you wouldn't get in trouble for it, and you just live with it for the rest of your life. What would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two things. I have, t- I have two very different things. Oh, okay. So, a little backstory. My great aunt was a nurse in the Second World War. Okay. And she, eccentric lady, she married an artist. Mm. Um, he Picasso. Would, yeah, Pablo something. Uh, <laughs> something de Kooning? I yeah. don't know. No, uh, yeah. So she, but yeah, she was a very um, uh, unique lady. She okay. wasn't. She wasn't your typical. You know, she's very strong-willed. Um, and anyway, was a nurse in the in the war and and. Uh, but while she, so she was stationed in Germany, she was stationed in Japan, and while she was there, in both places, she picked up artwork and just took it back with her. Yeah. And because people were selling it cheaply, like when she was in Germany, the country was having a really hard time, so these artists were just like cranking stuff out and giving them away almost. Right. And so she just took a bunch of stuff. And anyway, my parents have some of these pieces up in their, their house, um, and... Um, but one of, one of the things that she collected, she was really big into Japanese art. And so when I was a little kid, we'd go over to her apartment. She lived in Lawrence. And go to her apartment, and she'd have all these Japanese paintings of like sumo wrestlers with like crazy eyes. And yeah. I was just like freaked out by all this stuff. Yeah. But I had this weird attraction to it. Anyway, so I would love to nab the original hoax size uh, wave, the wave. Oh, right. It's like the iconic. Right. Uh, I, I love that painting, mm-hmm. um, so I would love that. Uh, but I would also settle for a for our for the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> Nick Cage style. Go in, take the original, you know, yeah, Declaration of Independence. But I would only take it if I knew somebody else was going to try to steal it first, right? Which is why he stole it, right? So. Plus, you get to you know hold the Declaration of Independence. Anyway, so where would you where would you put the Declaration of Independence? I mean, would you put it up on your wall? Would you put it in a closet under like a you know maybe like push a button and yeah something comes out it of the comes gun. up and yeah I kind of like what these this couple did behind the door so it's like okay, it's so hanging it's like, up it's hanging up but no one else can see it right oh oh somebody's coming over why don't we keep the door to our bedroom open wink wink right like, and then well actually yeah. that sounds weird but you know but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm I'm yeah. kind of living fast and loose at that point anyway because yeah. I've nicked the uh, Declaration of Independence. So. I mean, is there anything more <laughs> nope. bigger than that, really, to no. take? I mean, and, you know, Nick Cage found that out the hard way. That's true. He had to go find the Freemason treasure in order to... I've never seen. You haven't seen? I've never seen. <laughs> You've got to watch this movie. It's so terrible good. National Treasure. I've never seen any of them. Oh. No. It's a movie that if it's on TV, I will watch it <laughs> soup to nuts, front to back. I mean, I don't know why I like it. It's a terrible movie. Yeah, but just something about I don't know. Anyway, mm. but I, w- I yeah. would take I would like the Declaration of Independence. I think that'd be awesome. It's a history major in college, and my emphasis was over the American Revolution, so that'd mm-hmm. be fun. What Makes about sense. you? Makes sense. I was thinking about this, you know, and I was trying to think about. Priceless works of art, mm-hmm. you know, paintings mm-hmm. that I'd be into. Been to a lot of art museums. Yeah. And I like looking at paintings. Mm-hmm. I like them. I like paintings. Yeah. They're nice. They're nice. They're nice to stick up on your wall and look at from time to time. 
But then I was like, you know, what are some other priceless works of art that I could actually do something with? Yeah. You know, maybe it doesn't stick up on your wall, yeah. but maybe you go do something, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, the priceless work of art that jumped in my mind first was the one of the two original Bullet Mustangs. Ooh. Now, these have been recently recovered. I think both, yes. of the, both of them have recently been recovered. One of them had been recovered a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But there was another one that had been missing for a long, long time, and it has just been recovered. If that was restored, and let's say it was in Ford's museum of the greatest Ford, which, which probably is where yeah. it's going to end up at, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would take that, and I would use that as my daily driver. For approximately one I day. Wouldn't, I wouldn't... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't hang it up on the wall. I wouldn't do anything like that. Yeah. I would okay. drive that mother <laughs> all over the place, coast to coast, Yep, up, down, and back again. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it doesn't have airbags. Don't eat them. You know? You can outrun. You can chip death in that if thing. You, if you were to meet your end <laughs> inside of the bullet Mustang, it's a good life. There's... <laughs> Not a better way to go than that. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, yeah. So that that would be the priceless work of art that I would take. I, you know, paintings are great. Yeah. And I'm not trying to downplay like they mean a lot to people. Mm-hmm. You know, having them up on your wall and looking mm-hmm. at them every day it means a lot mm-hmm. to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But to me, the sound of the bullet Mustang rumbling down the road, right, would be priceless. In its own way. It'd be great to hear. It would be great to hear. It would be great to drive every day. Yeah. I would feel like a million bucks every time I sat behind the wheel of that thing. Yeah. Didn't Steve McQueen try to rebuy? I think so. I think the, he, One of the bullets. He like knew the, figured out who owned it. And was yeah. Like, hey. He tried to rebuy it. Or his son. I think it might have been his son or something yeah. like that. And they said, no, I don't think so. No deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I don't know. <laughs> It's tough. You know, Brian, as you were talking, I thought, you know, maybe I should revise my answer. Okay. Maybe. I feel like Andy Warhol probably did a, like a pop art installation of like a Hellman's mayonnaise. Oh, I'm sure. And so I did. would steal that and then I would put it up in your house. <laughs> and you couldn't take it down. And, then, <laughs> and you'd have to look at it every day. Like put it in concrete <laughs> in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> That would be tough. How great would that be if I actually stole a piece of like an Priceless. Andy Warhol like right. tomato right. soup can? It's not style. like I can throw it away or <laughs> yeah, like, like that. God, yeah, duh. yeah. I have this terribly great thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that no, that would no. force me to think about my choices in life. It really <laughs> would. Every day I'd walk by and look at it and be like, man. Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> what? what is my life about? <laughs> That's me. That's what I would. Do. No, I, I'll stick with my Declaration okay. of Independence. Or I think that's a good one. I think traditional that's a solid. Japanese. I think that's solid. Yeah. I actually have one of the one of my great aunt's paintings, or not her painting, but one of the pieces of artwork that she picked up. Oh, yeah, very nice. It's really cool. Yeah, it's not worth any money, unfortunately. Hey, it's all art that's worth money, man. Yeah. If you're not enjoying it, then it's right. not worth anything. I I enjoy the. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy mine quite quite a bit. There so. you go. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Much like this podcast, Glenn. That's right. It's priceless. If you don't enjoy this podcast, you're probably not listening at this point. Yeah. Right. 
And if you do, right, it's priceless. It is. Yes. You're welcome. You get what you pay for. You can't frame a podcast and put it on your wall. <laughs> no. But you could frame a signed portrait of me and Glenn. That's right. Which may be in the offing if you <gasps> send us a letter to questions from John Mailbag. If somebody asks for that, we will make that happen. <laughs> you are one sick and twisted individual, but yeah. we'll make it happen. Uh, anyway, Glenn, we better wrap this thing up because yeah. we've been going way too long. Um, Let's put a bow in it. Like a jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> um... I'm getting distracted by this thought of mayonnaise. It's really pervasive. Um, anyway, Glenn, I am uh, a non-mayonnaise-eating Brian McKinney. And I am a mayonnaise-slathering fool Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 142. We will see you for episode 143 in two weeks. Thank you. Good night. Good night.